Swan, Pendlebury, Swan, bursting through Swanee. He's kicked his third. He's made a difference in the Premiership quarter. Welcome back to episode four, season two of the Premiership Quarter, Australia's hottest sporting podcast. Must hair gang. Good. It's great to be with you once again. Uh, Zoom was good for the week, but... Um, then we're back in person. Yeah, no worries. Um, look, it was an interesting round of football, but probably not as interesting as previous ones. Uh, probably not the week to forget to put your tips in, because everything seemed to go according to plan, apart from, apart from a little Josh Kelly screamer at the end, which sent Sydney um, into riots, I believe. Mm. Um, but it was a pretty consistent round of results. Richmond flogged the Saints. Um, the Saints are used to abuse. Um, well, um, they would have gotten ahead of themselves after the last couple of weeks. I feel like a Saints... No, but a Saints supporter for me, they they like abuse. They they have sort of Stockholm Syndrome. You know coming I mean? from the Collingwood fan base. You no. Know, just... Abusing no. everyone else and just no. thinking everyone else accepts it. Do you know what Stockholm syndrome is? It's no. where it's where a hostage becomes attracted to their abuser. That's <laughs> what the Saints are to me. They actually like the idea of losing, and when they get wins, it's just like this. I don't know how to deal with this sort of thing. So they, you know, they become that sort of recidivist, and they just <laughs> go weird. back into their old you ways. I'm not kidding though. This because is a footy podcast. It's mate. a it's a footy podcast, but at the same time, you can make. Yeah, some interesting metaphors, some powerful comparisons. And I think the Saints, who have been copping, you know, a wooden spoon to the rear for the past 100, for the better part of 120 years, apart from one grand final against my football club, where they got over the line, have been in a rough way. Anyway, we got on a bit of a tangent there. Look, it was a good round of football. It was nice to see some stability for once, because I don't know what's what's been going on in these couple of early rounds. But now I guess we've got some sort of stable platform from which we can commentate on some of these teams mm. uh, other than just being, you know, blindly commentating on everything we see. Um, well, first game of the round, Tigers absolutely smashed the Saints. We already discussed that in a way. Um, it was brutal. Um, but the thing is, and this is... Saints the, were the, really never in the game. If you're a Saints supporter, you've got to get worried because this is the third time... This is the second time in, in three weeks that they've lost by a margin of 70-plus. Mm. Um, they got belted by Essendon as well. Um, Richmond, I can accept, but the fact that this is a pattern of behaviour is is a problem for me. Um, you know that the Saints support that the Saints players get down, well, and what? then it's just we give up. Now the the yeah, especially the, after coming off a, a really but that's great but win see that's the thing right in the previous week it now, just hurts all the more. I will admit that the previous week they did have that stirring come from behind victory against West Coast, but they still got themselves behind. Mm. So they're getting themselves behind in key stages of the matches, and and they're putting themselves. They, they're creating positions. a tall order for themselves. Yeah. They're being like, all right, well, if we're going to win this game, then we've got to come back from 40 points down. Well, that can only happen once or twice in a season. Yeah, it's, and it's very Carlton-esque from last season. Correct, back correct, correct. And giving you giving supporters those two-point heartbreak games. Get out of the defib. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the Saints, I don't know what, I don't know what their plan is, um, but it's not working at the moment. They've got a couple of players who are putting in every week, um, literally a couple uh, Jack Steele, obviously, is such an impressive leader, but I, I really don't want his career to be wasted. You see too many stories of good, good, great players having their careers wasted at clubs that just can't get it together. Mm. Um, Hunter Clark, amazing effort, 33 touches. He was fantastic, but they, they couldn't hold up to the, the polish of, of the Tigers. Now, they had two losses in a row. They got belted by Sydney very uncharacteristically, and then they had that loss against Port, but that was as good a loss as you could have. Yeah, I, I did say last week. That in my tips that Richmond would come out and just 
have something to prove. Mm. I don't know if you recall that. I but, do. I wasn't um, as confident, but I think yeah. you were definitely right. They, they they came out and they were just class from siren to siren. Rewalt and uh, Lynch, and their, their goal kickers just went absolutely off. Mm. Absolutely off. Great. Graham added three to the tally as well. Yeah, but, and um, that's the 12 tackles. And yeah. uh, But, yeah, it was just... It's a... Craig Hutchinson said on Footy Classified, it's a blue-collar midfield that gets it done um, for the Tigers. And I can sort of understand what he means, apart from... Apart from Martin, there's no absolute stars. They're all just very, very good. Yeah. And they have their depth. They have a great crowd of A-graders and that one A-plus grader where they don't have to have, you know, whereas, you know, the Dogs, for example, have a crowd of A-plus graders. But, yeah. look, it was a good game. Um, for, to the votes, Brownlow votes. This week we're trying something new. We're going to go through with the Brownlow votes instead of the whole segment for great, great special players. Um, RIP to a beautiful segment um, that ran its race, unfortunately. Um, oh, we might bring it back. We might bring it back. We'll put maybe it, for public we're holidays. We'll put it on ice for now. We'll put it on ice. Rest, ice, compress, elevate. No, just like the ice, you the rice, the, champ- the physio like thing. Oh, the champagne. Yeah, right. Cool, cool. Yeah, good call, bad call. Anyway, um, look, it was uh, one vote's going to go to uh, Dustin Martin. He was uh, phenomenal as usual. Led from the front, thirty-four touches, a goal. Um, he gets down and dirty and has the touches that the other players don't want to get and. And, you know, when the game's up for grabs, he so often proves he's the, he's the decisive player. Two votes going to Jack Graham, Jack Lee Graham. Um, do you reckon Jack Lee would be... No, he's that's not his name. His name Jack? Jack, I think. Yeah. I've always thought that, that name, the name Jack... Oh, that's right. I always, always thought it does beg in a longer form, but maybe I'm just a bit of an idiot. Three goals, anyway, 17 touches, 12 Three goals. Tackles. It's the 12 tackles. Immense pressure. It's the pressure. Um, Jack Graham, phenomenal player. I think Carlton might come to regret not getting him. Um, we come to regret, regret a lot of things. That's right. Carlton is, is just the master of hindsight. Of it's a land of regret, a land of what if. Where are your um, three votes going? We'll get that. Three votes are going to go down the mouth of Shea Bolton. That was a weird way to phrase it, but he was phenomenal. Um, and you, you're going you're gonna to cut out Jack Rewalt with five goals. I'm going to cut out Jack Rewalt. And that's, oh, it's stiff, but when you have a team that's that polished, I, I'd honestly think that Jack Rewalt only gets those goals because the entry... He's so magnificent. Yeah, fair enough. You know, you can... If, if Jack Rewalt was playing for the Collingwood Football Club, he kicked five goals. He would have had to take, you know... He would have had to take five Jusalenkos <laughs> just to get his goals. Yeah, because true. you've seen the entry that comes from a football club? <laughs> they just whack it on the boot. There you go, mate. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, Geordie. Good luck, Mace. No worries. I'm done for the night. I'm, I'm going to go have a beer. You sort your shit out. That's them. That's how we go at the Collingwood Football Club. Anyway, Shea Bolton was phenomenal. 29 touches. He's electric. He's like a silver Rioli. They can have 29 touches. So, incredible for me. Um, West Coast Collingwood. Um, sadness. <laughs> Moment of silence. Moment of silence. For the Collingwood Collingwood's season. Because that's pretty much dead. It's down the toilet, ladies and gentlemen. Um, look, look, you never know. We now will discuss later. We could come back. But no, we came for a fight. But then it just went all downhill. Dugowie, broken nose. How... Hamstring, I believe. Um, yeah, Adams is there as well. Um, Adams, oh, well, he was at the week before, but yeah, Levi Greenwood out with concussion as well. Next week. It's a disaster. And bombers. Look, I was very happy with Collingwood's effort. In fact, we we took it to West Coast, but for me it was the injuries, and then we just couldn't, we weren't cleaned up with our injuries as usual. Um, uh, but West Coast, they were great. Yeah, they, they were awesome. I was just going to comment on just this next week and how much riding you guys oh, we'll, we'll, this next week. Right, we'll, we'll get to that in pressure point. Yeah, no worries. But, Look, it was interesting. Collingwood put in some changes. Buckley was pretty bold at the selection table. He had to, otherwise there would have been um, an army outside of his house. Mm. But 
he threw Darcy Moore, Australian defender, best defender in the game, arguably, um, up forward for the game. And he kicked himself three goals, but probably wasn't damaging enough. Um, but it left our back very vulnerable. Mark Kane came in, um, Irish Gaelic football player. We've recruited as one of our key backs. Interesting. You guys um, all over the world at the moment. Yeah, I know. Recently uh, recruited a Senegalese basketballer, I believe, in addition to Mason Cox. I'd actually enter the country. Interesting. Um, he look- wears goggles. Mm. You seen that? Lovely. He does. Well, I'm not going to comment on that until I've seen him play a game, but I've just got questions. The questions abound for me um, when we're a football club that, you know, there's heaps of local talent and we keep having to stretch our tentacles overseas and recruit from, you know. What, what are we expecting to, to find football. Dustin Martin from the corner of Burkina Faso? Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, anyway, look, it was a good game from both sides, um, but Collingwood were too vulnerable in defence, and that let. The West Coast forwards just go absolutely berserk. Um, it was Moomba out there, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Oscar Allen, Jack Darling, five apiece. Dom Sheik kicked three in a minute. I hate him with all my heart. Um, it was a good game. Josh Kennedy didn't dominate, but they didn't need to dominate because he's got a forward line that's yeah, that dominant, does. and it, all they need is for one to have a good night, and, they're, and, and they're laughing. Brilliant. One vote uh, to the unspoken. Uh, he kicked three goals in a minute, 28 touches. Uh, well done, Dom Sheik. I hate him. I, 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 I don't like him. All right, it's not. How do you it's separate? It's not like I'm a Alan, bad person. How do you, how do you separate Oscar Allen? And Jack? Uh, Allen gets the two votes for me um, because he, uh, I believe, didn't have Mark Keane on him. Mark Keane was on Darling, and I believe that was for the for the main for the main component of the game. And look, Allen still very young, and I think that for a player that young, you know, Darling, we expect this from him. You know, he's a sharpshooter, but Alan, up-and-coming player, he's been talked so much about touted as the next Josh Kennedy, almost. And I just can't believe they've managed to, to, to get him. I mean, they, they, their, forward is, their forwards are a cheat code. It'd be interesting to see what they do with Kennedy next season. The three votes go to uh, go to Jack Redden, who had a career-defining game. He had a career night, 37 touches. Well done to him. Uh, highest in dream team across the ground, well-deserved. Um, he was key to their ball movement in the absence of some key mids. Um, next game... Um, Dogs and Gold Coast. Yeah. Interesting game. Um, um, we Gold expected Coast. the Dogs to go nuts. We expected them to smash the Gold Coast. We expected Coast. them to go nuts. We didn't expect them to kick 12 unanswered goals to start the game, did we? Um, Send the worm. Send the worm. Look at the worm. Look at the worm. I almost... Are um, you kidding me? I almost do expect them to kick 12 unanswered goals. They are that good. They brought um, in the mer- they almost brought in the mercy rule. I spoke to Gil McLaughlin yesterday. They almost brought in the mercy rule and gave Gold Coast a kick out of the midfield to start each play instead of doing the old ruck context. Is that an actual thing? It's yeah. not, but that was... Do you feel like that would be a thing back in junior footy? It is. Oh, it is. Mm. Right. Yeah. I've experienced it before. Yeah. Um, well, I think I lost a fair share of games by about 200 points back when we were... Uh, well, I saw 12. recently, um, it was announced recently uh, that in the Northern Territory... There was a club um, by the name of uh, I, I, look. I'll have to oh, let me find the name. You're not going to believe this, right? So Campbell's Creek defeated Primrose. Uh, final scores: uh, three goals, zero eighteen to one hundred goals, thirty four six hundred and thirty four <laughs> in the Maryborough Castle Main District Football League. Uh, Butch Sartori led all comers with eighteen goals, whilst forward pocket Craig Ginnivan, half forward flankers. Uh, had 17 half-forward flankers, Kelly Stevens, 14, Craig Peach, 13, centre-half-forward, Alistair McGibbon, 13, hit the score by plenty of times. 
Um, I, I, I gotta ask how the defenders managed to let three goals in. That's really the question I have. But anyway, um, <laughs> it was an interesting day. But Love it to was Coleman. We saw our <laughs> <laughs> the whole team, and with six hundred and forty-eight goals, how's their percentage looking? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I'm, out. Like I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Um, imagine trying to tell them they can't go for beers post match. So mate, I'm having beers. Are you kidding me? I kicked eighteen goals from the <laughs> wing. Every for every goal of beer. Anyway, uh, back to dogs versus dogs are slick. They're premiership favourites for me over Richmond at the moment. They are in too good a form. Trelaw has had the best five games of his best opening five games ever. I reckon. His first two were shaky, but these past three have been phenomenal. But he doesn't actually sneak into the top three for me. Really? Um, very, very harsh. On any other day, he would. Um, but one vote to Jack McRae. He is the most underrated player in the league. We put up an underrated gra- most underrated graphic on our page the other day, the Premiership Quarter underscore. I don't think I put Jack McRae in there. I don't know why I didn't. I'm, actually, I might. No one seems to chat about him. He's just a jet. He's ridiculous. He's absolutely ridiculous. He had 35 touches at 89% disposal efficiency. How about that one? Like, to have 35 touches is one thing, but then... How do you like those disposals? I like them. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, two votes goes to Marcus Bon and Pelly. Three goals, 33 touches. Now, Bon, we know he's incredible. He was amazing, um, and he, is, he has the X factor. His kicks are so powerful. He had 19 kicks... Um, so he's much more useful a player than someone like Tom Dogs Mitchell, very, like, whose players are all, whose like whose touches are all just hand passes. Um, but for me, most play most punters gave Bont the best on ground. But for me, it's Josh Dunkley who's been their best player to start season twenty twenty one. Two goals, thirty eight touches, eight tackles. What more can you ask from a player? He uh, he's come back into this side. After a relatively yeah. poor twenty twenty, oh, just, just he's, he's it's it's like he's been watching these um their their stellar eight that they've got. I think it's eight players that are just out of control. They a plus list, mm. and he's just said, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be one of them. I'm going to add. To well, it. he was prior to last year, and then he had a bad season because they was they were juggling whether they were going to send him up forward or in the ruck because he's, yeah. infi- he's, uh, he's inside definitely mid. found his role. He's an inside mid, but bringing in Stefan Martin is allowed is, means he doesn't have to attend ruck contests anymore. And Dunkley for me. Put some money on him. For what? The Brownlow. Hey, are you okay? Yep. I'm good. I don't know if you are. Matt Prittis won, won a Brownlow from two-vote games. Every game, M. Prittis, two what votes. He never won the three, but Josh Dunkley, for me, Marcus Bonapelli either has three or zero. No way he ever gets one. He's always zero or three, because the second he starts to play well, yeah, Mark, oh, yeah, Aaron Bond got the three. Yeah, but is there ever a game that Bond starts to play well, though? Yep, couple, because he gets a tag. Anyway, we'll move on. It was a great game for the Dogs, and they, they deserve to be really comfortable. They will probably remain undefeated for a while, I think. They do have the Richmond coming up next week, but it'll be interesting to see. Swans, JWS, match of the round for me. Um, this was incredible. Uh, Josh Kelly, I mean, the Giants should have probably won by about 100 points. Nine goals, 17. They can't get straight at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, look, Toby Green, one goal, seven. He needs, well, I'm talking about kicking straight, he, he needs to sort himself out, doesn't he? He needs to sort himself out, but look, at the end of the day, he kicked one of the crucial goals at the, in the dying minutes. He never stopped trying. So you can say all you like, but as their, cap, as their standing captain while Stephen Cornelio's out, I think he's been doing a stellar job. Um, for me, Josh Kelly, um, however, was the game saver. With a minute and six seconds left on the clock. Mm, look, into, to the votes, Buddy Franklin, um, look, it's... Raise interesting questions now that he's out for four weeks. Um, 
with some soreness, which he copped from the game in some collisions. But five um, goals straight. Did you find out exactly what it was? Uh, no, but we'll bring that to you later in the show. But Buddy was five goals straight. No, it didn't look like missing. Yeah. Uh, he grabs the one vote for me. And look, it's a real shame that he hasn't been able to um, obviously stay on the field for too long because he, he's, they're paying him millions and they can't get him on the field. Um, it looks like, honestly, from a wheelchair, he could probably kick two. Um, Taranto grabs the two votes for me. One of the leading possession getters on the ground. Led GWS for possessions, 27 touches. He's proven to be their real their star marquee player. Yep. Um, at 23 years of age, uh, sky's the limit for him. And uh, Josh Kelly um, was the best player on the ground. Uh, he won the game in the dying seconds. That's all you need to know. Um, Carlton Port Adelaide. Carlton hand it over to you. Carlton Port Adelaide. Um, I really stopped watching this game after freaking third third quarter. Fair enough. Um, I think we're 46 points down at one stage. That's interesting. Um, there's not much to say about the Carlton Footy Club besides um, just... What was the problem in this game? Really just a, a lack of... Um, a lack of wanting the ball, really. Um, there, there are so many things that we, we wrote down earlier. Um, what, what were we discussing? That just Carlton... Um, I, I think it's just a, a lot of uh, decision making. Decision making was so poor. Kicking was efficiency terrific. was absolutely horrible. Um, in terms of stats, the inside fifties were okay. Were well, in your favour. Yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll talk about that later because it was interesting that Teague would come out afterwards and say you won the inside fifties. Oh yeah, yeah. Because if they're putrid inside fifties, what's the point? Yeah, that yeah exactly. We'll talk about that later. But what I'm saying is just the use of yeah. I was going to say inside fifty efficiency. Down at 47%. We, we're just kicking the ball in the air and hoping, exactly like you were saying earlier, I'm going to go have a beer. You guys take care of the ball. You guys won the clearances. You guys won the centre clearances. Um, These are things we've been sorting out. And you won the free kick count over how, the last couple of weeks. How does that correlate to a 28-point deficit at the end of the game? I don't Which know. It should have been more, really. It should have been more. And and Port Adelaide, this is an injured Port Adelaide. So for me, um, look, Carlton have been really the media punch bag over the past week, and you can understand why, because... I don't. See, we've heard time and time again. This is the year for There's twenty-five been, years. It's been the same narrative, and unfortunately, you've always had stars, yep. but it's your bottom. It, yeah, the list is great. It's just, the last the three games that we've lost this season have all um, indicated a different way in which the Blues can be beaten. Facts. So we'll get it's to the, inside we'll fifties. Whether it's kicking efficiency or um or or just kicking straight in general. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're trying to go. The, the, this, the Carlton just seems to have holes popping up everywhere the teams that can work out whether, and if we cover up one hole there's another hole ready they're to go they're a very fallible so, side yeah, um, but really Port cool. Adelaide were polished um, yeah, under were. duress and Carlton, even all injured oh very much so came out in their stars Hamish Hartley couldn't even up. walk by the end of the game and he stayed out there um, but they got the job done under trying circumstances they're happy with that win um, and now they're, they're definitely a couple on the trot, and they could really go on a run here. That helps the season. They're, like, really they're well. the new West Coast at home. They're not getting beaten at home this season, no way. Um, but the three, the, the, the vote-getters... We were at home, that game. Sorry? We are at the MCG. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying Port Adelaide's not getting beaten at home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, for their coming up games? Yeah, this season, they're not getting beaten at home. Oh, you're right. Um, but... The one vote uh, definitely goes to Ryan Burton. For me, he was the defender who put your forwards to sleep. Uh, way too many intercepts. Uh, just, you know, eight intercept possessions. He was, he was instrumental. Um, he held that down like a fortress. Uh, the two votes go to Ollie Wines, the leading vo- possession getter. One of the most underrated players in the comp. Often gets... Um, he o- often is underrated because of the hype that, gets, that surrounds Trav Boak. I think Ollie Wines is 
first in line for their best and fairest this year for sure. And the three votes goes to Carl Amon, who had a goal and 28 touches to match it. Um, he was phenomenal. Plays a key role on the wing and uh, very, very underrated. Uh, pretty low turnovers compared to a lot of other players, but, you know, he's running at 79% disposal efficiency, a very key component. Um, of a special mention, an honourable mention, um, Mitch Georgiades. He's a great goal straight, 93% um, efficiency. Insane. I'd even give him one vote. Mm, if I were you. Definitely. There was Sammy Walsh there who played well for the Blues that potentially grab a vote there mm. as well. But um, moving on, next Brisbane, game, Brisbane, Essendon. Look, this was... Didn't this was, expect this. I did not expect this. I expected not. the Bombers to put up a fight. In the rain, um, it was pretty clinical from Brisbane. Did you see the scoreline at halftime? Uh, look, it, it, it was pretty the, even. Um, I, I beg to differ when the, the Bombers only had the one goal. <laughs> I don't know what sort of score I was looking at. <laughs> I will admit no, I was it was, it was I, seven I, I, five. Um, 7-5 against 1-5. No worries. The Bombers literally did not get host. on... The Bombers didn't get on the scoreboard until um, three-quarter time. Jeez, it must have, which felt, was it must have felt good goals. for Joey Danaher to come up against his, the side which he Correct. wanted to leave for so many years. Correct. And then just do that to it. Yeah. He so. absolutely beat him to a pole. Two goals, 25 touches. Um, from what I did see of the game, um, because I did watch the you know, scheduling, his uh, phenomenal AFL scheduling at the moment, uh, yeah, I have to, have to watch one. We were watching the Blues. Well, I was channel flicking a lot, but I thought that the Carlton-Port Adelaide would be more competitive. You must have flicked on to um, Essendon I was, a bit later. I was right that they were more competitive, uh, that Carlton-Port Adelaide were more competitive, because this was a blowout. Um, but the the Brisbane forward lines, which we spoke about last week in Pressure Point, rose. Um, Hipwood grabbed three, Danaher two, um, McStay came back into the side, grabbed two. Charlie Cameron, really not having the start to the season, he should be. Um, but he'll come with time. But they were good. They were polished. Caleb Hooker was a shining light for Essendon. He's um, been he's been really good over the last couple weeks. Very underrated, but the problem is he's playing for a terrible side and therefore he can't get rated. They're not that bad. That's that's the thing. Like, we'll see on Anzac this, Day. This is the thing. We, we we say after a massive loss like this, oh, they're crap, they're shit. What are you talking about? When they've come out of the last three weeks, being a side who smashed, this, um, the, smashed the Saints by 75 points, Took it to Sydney. For me, Essendon are always the team that will come out and have that odd victory. It's like, oh, wait, maybe we are a chance. But then they'll just go and completely contradict that. By no, man, I'm so keen for Anzac Day. I, I actually reckon this is going to be a great game. Because this is Essendon's chance actually to beat you guys. Well, it's both teams, you guys, are, it's you both guys teams smashed, on the line. Oh, yeah. Whoever loses their season's over. You guys have smashed um, the Bombers the last like 10 years that you guys have played. Really. Pretty much. Consistently over the past 20 years, it's been pretty much in favour of Collingwood, 75% odd, odd rate. But anyway, yeah. down to the three votes. Uh, Danaher grabbed the one, Neil, two, back to his best. Um, they said he was battling um, with a bit of a niggle um, early in the season with his back. He missed some of the pre-season, um, but he was back to great form. But look, for me, this is going to end pretty soon because he's just going to get tagged again. Um, and... The three votes go to McCluggage. He's been their best player this season by a mile. 32 touches, and he grabbed a goal. Uh, a very high draft pick, and you can see why he's really starting to come into the prime of his career at yep. 23 years of age. Yep. Uh, Adelaide Fremantle. Again, great game. Surprised. Great I game. was surprised. Very surprised. We thought that Adelaide you know, at home had every reason to win this. Tex Walker um, arguably had one of the marks of the year early. Um, but he failed to convert the goal. He was still looking pretty good. Two goals, three. Probably could have kicked about four goals. It's good to um, see um, so he's Tabernar still He's still been their best player, but Tabernar was very good. He's been a um, bit quiet, though, to start the season. He has been quiet. Um, he's certainly no Matty Pavlich. 
Um, no, but, but um, he's good. He's like the, solid. At the back end of last year, or even throughout most of last year, he was fantastic. Well, he kicked. A, I'm pretty sure. I'm almost certain that he he kicked a goal just about every game last year. Yeah, like he was yeah, one of the only players. He's that been he's been back. quiet this year. He has been. Hmm. But the Frio midfield was fantastic. Fife honestly didn't feature as prominently. I think that's a great coaching tactic from Justin Longmuir. It was quite bold to send him up forward to allow some of the younger um, players to really just grind it out, and they did. Mm. You know, they have to learn. They get thrown in the deep end. They perform well. Adam under unfortunately, out with a syndesmosis injury for four weeks. So it's going to be difficult for them. But Brayshaw, untagged, grabbed 33 touches. It seems for him, he's going to have to sort out how to manage a tag. The first vote um, for me uh, went to Luke Royan. Uh, he was great. 24 touches, uh, back to his full back best. Um, full back best. Interesting way to put it. Um the two votes go to uh, Andy Brayshaw, who just was a menace um, from the centre. Uh, all those clearances add up, and he was just too good. Seven clearances of his own. A big Dave Mundy. King Again. David. Again. King David of Jerusalem. I don't know whether he's, he's Israeli, but... I'm not sure that he he's is. bloody good. He at is. age 35. He's about as old as Jesus Christ. Um... 28 touches. Was, he had a game earlier in this season. I think it was against GWS. Jerusalem. It was. 35 touches against um, the 35, Giants. 35, one for each age. But he, he's he, cleaning yeah, them up at the moment. Having a bit of a renaissance. Great. And I absolutely love it. Uh, Melbourne Hawthorne. Uh, this was an interesting game. But look, pretty much all went to plan. Hawthorne tried their little hard out as they seem to be they doing. They did. Um, it all fell away in the fourth quarter. Because they look, did not... The, the, um, the days did not get away until about five, ten minutes. Football's a four-quarter game, yeah. and at the end of the day, if you can't run out four quarters, it doesn't matter how well you played in the previous three for me. Um, but Pretty Melbourne, sure one of the most polished uh, outfits in the team at the moment, they look very unstoppable. Their forward line mm. is as good as West Coast's midfield. That sounds really weird, but I hope you know what I mean by that, Like in terms of what they about- have as much star power in those those thirds of the group. West Coast midfield or would you say the dogs? No, Both. the dogs. You said West Coast. Did I? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, the the I'm dogs midfield. We're going to go on the instant Kino replay. Um, I'm almost certain I said the dogs. And you're just that's right. Well, no, we'll have a look in the you're next segment. You're a pretty segment. bad kid. We'll have a anyway, look in the next segment. Interesting. Um, um, but the one vote for me... Even with Gorn going up forward and providing the option, that that just gives him... Big Gornzo. Maybe he wants a little uh, snare of that brown low cake, if you will. He freaking deserves it at this point. Would you give him any votes for this Maybe game? Lloyd said he was the if he was the if he had a clean slate, yeah, first he player. would pick Max Gorn over anyone. Interesting, Lloyd. Um, That's what I do. But with Super at coach. the moment, I've got to say, number one ranked player in Supercoach. We'll get into that later in an all new Supercoach segment. But look, Gorn was phenomenal. He grabs the three. Um, so I'm actually going to go with the three before the one. Salem was great. Um, 30 touches. He's one of the best kicks in the competition. Very vital to their ball movement off half-back. Bit of a wall back there. Great form. Chrissy Salem. I'm glad he's gone away from the uh, the blonde hair. Uh, just going back to the standard hair was good for him. Yeah. Um, it brought a much better layer of polish and maturity to his game. Nice. Uh, all in the hair. Uh, Christian Petrarca. Bramlett Hill. Is it on? Yep. It is. Two votes. And Gorn grabbed the three. Um to add to his three from last week. So Petrarca might have a bit of competition from his own football club, which would be pretty funny. Uh, Geelong North. Uh, we're going to spend about 10 seconds on this because this is the worst game of football I've ever seen in my so life. So sloppy. I turned it teams. off. I turned it off. 
both these I teams suck. I never do that. I love football with my whole heart, and I turned off this game of football because it was like watching a bunch of Auskick players chase the footy around. Chase the footy around. Geelong got it was okay. Pathetic. One point. Pathetic. One point. Geelong got to sort their shit out. They suck. Geelong, <laughs> they're terrible. They they literally allowed North to stay in the game until the third quarter. Geelong is flaccid right now. Yep. Uh, moving on. Okay. The one vote for me uh, went to Jack Siebel. He has been unbelievable. The only bloke. What the, the only bloke he, that's been playing for them. He's going to have to go into for deltoid surgery. Because his shoulders yeah. are carrying a whole football club. He's carrying Arden Shrew on his shoulders. 38 touches. He's incredible. Geelong v. Siebel. Reinvented himself. Uh, Jack Siebel after a horror 2020. At 30 years of age. Incredible stuff. Cunnington's been good as well. Hey, don't take anything away from Ben. For the two times he's been able to get on the field this season. Correct. Sam Menegola. Two yep, goals, sorry, 28 touches. He had touches. five physios on him at one point, Tom. Five. Rubbing his legs. He's a freaking octopus. <laughs> anyway. Five. <laughs> Sam Who Menegola. needs that many hands? That's ten hands rubbing your legs. Bit handsy. That's a bit weird. Interesting. To be uh, Sammy Menegola, two goals, twenty-eight touches. He's all class. Sam Menegola, uh, very underrated because he's surrounded by such talent. But at eighty-two percent efficiency, well done. Uh, but Tom Stewart was really their only good player for me. I love uh, Tommy Stewart. Uh, you know, love I, I say only good players, and the only player that's consistently been playing well this season. Yep. He's definitely in line for their best and fairest. Um, you know, Guthrie on the day when one. some of the players were just absolutely. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Guthrie <laughs> Guthrie was shocking. Yeah, you know, you're just salty as a super coach. But anyway, it was a great round of football. This has been the longest segment in history. Uh, I'm gonna go grab a sip of water. Yeah. Thank you, Brendan. Um, first things first, I will um, stand corrected. In the previous segment, I did say West Coast instead of the Western Bulldogs. Um, Marcio is still not a very good guy, um, but I will concede for that one moment in history um, <laughs> that I did make a mistake. Yeah. Um, look, pressure point. Um, I need to discuss a bunch of things that I know you need to... You, you've put your arm up to, to really... Stick in your own football club. I already and have. You already got there earlier. Yeah. So you might not have to do it in the same detail. I couldn't even hold you back. I was pointing at the pressure point segment. I was like, we're, get, we're going to cover this later. Yeah. And you said, hey, you can yeah. that, that go locate yourself out the back. And you are, you are just full steam ahead. Set a clearance percentage and all that good stuff. Yeah. Good on you. Nah. Um, but the Carlton midfield, um, or the Carlton football club in general, mm. what do you need to do? Where Who do you need to bring in? And... Where where to from here? Um, I'm not sure it's about who we need to bring in. I, I think I think the club needs to go back at training, and I think it's going to start with the coach. We're going to we're going to talk about this later in hot take. Mm-hmm. Is it hunger? It's hunger, but the coach David Teague, and it's been since day one. His particular way of coaching is pally pally, level headed, and really mature. Sorry, mature and focusing on statistics mm-hmm. and and encouragement and players. Blah, blah. Mate, mate, lose your fucking shit. Exactly. Lose yeah. it. Freaking go nuts at the players mm. in the box. Throw the phone. Smash a hole in the wall. Alistair Clarkson. Jesus Christ, mate. Because it's not a good look. But what it does show it to shows not you only players, not only yeah. players, but broad, more broadly, 
supporters, mm. supporters who aren't in the rooms afterwards. Uh, at this point, at this point, um, Corns was talking about it on um, Classified and the Sunday Footy Show. Yeah, supporters at this point for Carlton are just going nuts. They don't want to hear about your inside fifties no, when you lost by thirty points. Tired. We are sick and tired of just hearing about hearing about stats and potential changes. I want to hear ideas. I want to hear ideas and the different ways we're going to attack um, different clubs, where we're going to attack weaknesses. Why can't you treat these clubs as your prey instead of your friends? Mm. That's that's how I feel like David. There's too much niceness these days in football. I I 100%. We're um, the rivalries. We're going to eat them alive. That's that's what he's going to say. Exactly. I mean, look, what I I loved watching was um, was the, the hype surrounding... Last year, or when Collingwood's played West Coast and Braden Maynard and Liam Ryan play against each other, and it's just that you know they're going to start, you know they're going to start bashing each other from this the, from, the, from siren to siren, and then afterwards they shake hands and move on. Yeah, and that's that's what the game's all about. I don't white, see any it's white line fever. You go on the that. field, Dumb. you get angry, you yeah. show you want to be there, and to use that old classic expression, do you want to be here? It doesn't seem like a lot of these blue players do want to be here. It feels like it feels like. That they they've given this they've got their right to play mm. on Sunday. Paddy Cripps. One thing I hundred percent agree with a lot of the pundits is Paddy Cripps needs to figure out his role. Right, Cripps is going to dominate the media sphere this year because he's one of the best players of the past decade in terms of talent, and so far he's wasted the opening seven years of his career at a club that is so ridiculously untalented. But well, and it's really. harsh. It's harsh. It's, have you seen the draft picks? Top thirty. All of them, pretty much. But only one of them has actually done anything. Oh, come on. Sam Walsh is the only draft pick. Oh, unless oh, uh, you're the, saying this year. You're saying this year. Because Weedering's been, been okay. Yeah, but I think Weedering's out of the five-year bracket. Or maybe he's just in. But yeah, Weedering, I will admit. But both Weedering and Walsh, they're like, what, number one, number two? If they're not amazing, then that's incredible. But I'm talking about the draft picks you're getting from Paddy like Dow. from you're getting from you know hey, he's three crap. to thirty. Paddy Dow, third draft pick, horrific. Matty Lloyd said he's a poor runner. How can or how on earth are you a poor runner when you draft pick third, three? Yeah. Incredible. And you're a short mid. But th- th- that's an indictment on the recruiting. If they knew he was a bad runner, they shouldn't have got him. Either way, they're not even trusting him with your midfield at the moment. There he's are so out. many players that need to be questioned. Jack Nunes for me makes way too many mistakes. Petrovsky Seaton is just making up the numbers and Cripps needs to figure out his role because as the as the media said he tries to win everything off his own boot Yeah, and he can't do it uh, did you see his goal kicking uh, horrendous Saturday night horrendous Bonham Pelly got criticised for that last year he's trying to be pa- um, Paddy Dangerfield I reckon mm. and just can't do it exactly And but the thing is Paddy Dangerfield whilst he's incredible probably top probably oh, just behind Dusty for the best player of the past five years Paddy Dangerfield has never not had a solid supporting cast yeah, yeah, that's He's true. He's always had people with him, whether it was Rory Sloan at Adelaide you know, at the peak of his powers, or whether it's pretty much, what, everyone they've got at Geelong. Mm. Just, it's ridiculous. No, it, it, Paddy Dangerfield's never had to worry. to support and feed him. Paddy Cripps is trying to be a centre-half back, a midfielder, a rucker, centre-half forward, and the coach at the same time. And it, you can just tell it's, wear, it's wearing him down. And I don't know where they go from here. Are they got to figure it out. Doherty and Murphy have to freaking stand up because otherwise, Murphy, yeah. otherwise Murphy's out. Yeah, Murphy's for out, me, out players like Kate Simpson, 
you know, bring him play his whole career, it. Sorry, bring him back. I'm... But I also, I would like to see some of the Carlton players get on the field and start yelling. Yeah, like I want to see like this club is on the edge that it's sick and tired of twenty five years of mediocrity and that it wants to and that it understands that it's one of the Taylor's biggest the clubs in the one, league. Mate. Carlton's a top three club in this league in terms of fame, up there with Richmond and Collingwood and Essendon as well. Sorry, um, if you're a top four club, you cannot be content with twenty five years of mediocrity. You should be going out there screaming at each other. Show your supporters that you're hungry and they'll respond in kind. Uh, Collingwood Essendon, Anzac Day, tell me. Richmond, Melbourne, right, are playing on Anzac Day Eve. Melbourne's one of the hottest clubs in the comp and Richmond's the premiership favourites. Collingwood and Essendon are both 1-4, and four, I believe, yep. and have no hope this season. Well, that's, I, I think... Uh, is this, is, is this is, the main event? Is, or is Anzac Eve the main event? Um, <clears throat> well... As you just said, they're both top four clubs in terms of support and history, and this is the season on the line. You can't, you're not making finals one and five. Sorry. Yep. I think Collingwood have a lot more riding on this game because Essendon came into this season thinking, oh, we're not going to. What's we're happening? Not, yeah, we're not going to make finals. Collingwood needs to make finals. Yep. Collingwood wanted to win the Premiership. Yeah, we have for the past five years. That's correct. Yeah. Look, I think Col- Collingwood are now one and four look, facing one and five. Anzac Day game. Now, it's on a Sunday, so there's a lot... It's different this year, but Anzac Day, I think, I'm pretty confident in saying that it is definitely the biggest regular season game of the year in terms of the amount of traction. Um, it gets... It's the most well-known game on the on the regular season calendar that's um, a non-final game. Um, yeah. You can't dispute that. It's always a sell-out. It's the AFL's highest-rating game, and it's on one of the most important days of the year for our country. So it's a great game. Um, but Collingwood Essendon, right... Then neither of them are even close, right? They're miles off the pace at the moment. And Richmond and Melbourne are playing in that Anzac Eve slot. And both of them look like premiership contenders. So Collingwood and Essendon need to come out there and what, and they need to play the game of their life this Sunday. They need to put their bodies on the line and demonstrate that they deserve that Sunday primetime slot for Anzac Day. Because I'm telling you, if they, if they dish up what they've been dishing up these past three weeks, it's going to be absolutely embarrassing. And hundred percent attendance. Oh, that's great right. stuff. That's awesome. Um, next on pressure point, Sydney. Um, Buddy Franklin out for four weeks, um, three to four weeks, just with general soreness, I believe. Um, he got a knock to the knee. Yes, yeah. uh, developed bruising. And general soreness has resulted, obviously. Logan McDonald, right? You got him in your super coach team. You were complaining to me about how in the past couple of weeks he's been pretty much doing nothing. Averaging un- around a twenty or something, pretty much doing nothing, just making up the numbers there. Yeah. Um, one of the lower rated, one of sort of y- your lower tier players. But at the start of the season, he kicked three in his debut, and he's he was pretty solid at the start awesome. of the season. Yeah, yeah. But don't. But have you noticed that there's a correlation between when buddies come in and when Logan started playing poor? That's yeah, that's a good point. You know why? It's because when the ball's coming in, when you're Lance Franklin, you you can't help but look at him. He's six foot seven. He's tons of fun, and he leads up to the ball, and he plucks grabs. And if you're if you're a midfielder under pressure, you've got no hope. You've got no you've got no choice, no reasonable choice but to get yeah. you straight to him. He's right there. And maybe that's a flaw. Maybe it could that be is a flaw. flaw because Sydney have Buddy been playing could actually so... be compromising yeah. their outfit. Yeah, because Sydney have been playing so well without him. Correct. Um, maybe they, they beat Richmond without him. Taking their time, thinking about options. And assessing who is actually in the best position it rather would, than kicking it to Buddy. It That's would be it. incredibly ironic if a player they are paying over a million dollars is not is actually 
bringing down their brand of football. Uh, next we'll up see. on pressure we'll point. We'll see next week. Exactly. Because now Logan McDonald, now either has to step up or he's getting dropped for me. He'll stay in the super catch. Jeremy Cameron is confirmed coming back this week, Chris Scott said, after the North Melbourne game. Now, I've heard players, people saying, oh, now it's Geelong's time to shine. I don't know what they mean. Geelong has about 15 times the talent of any other club in terms of what they have on their list. There's none of them are performing well. Yeah, so They're all washed up. Jeremy Cameron to bloody... Exactly, but it seems like that he's he's going to be the ignition this season. Um, I I'm so interest, interested to see what he can bring. Yeah, this way again. He's a multi, he's a common medalist. He's been one of the highest played paid players for a long time now in the AFL, if not the highest. Um, he's got loads of time left in his career. He's not a buddy, but he's just about as close to a buddy as you can get mm. um, for a modern day forward. Been so consistent. He has so much pressure riding on him. If he goes in and doesn't kick a goal this weekend to long, they may as well just... They well, may as well put a dome around season. their football club or, or some police tape around the football club. Because let me tell you, Damien Barrett will be there with his microphone and his glasses, sharp 7am Monday morning, screaming at Chris Scott. Correct. Correct. Um... What have we got next on uh, Melbourne Selection Squad? Exactly. Now, Thoughts. this specifically for their forward line. Melbourne, if we have a look at who they're fielding up forward um, at the moment, it's, you know, Gorn's getting some forward time. Um, Luke Jackson's playing a lot. They're both interchanging, Gorn and Jackson. You have Mitch Brown. You have um, Bailey Fritch, who's out at the moment, but he's been playing predominantly up forward. Um, and... So you got a lot of options going on there. And Tom McDonald um, played an incredible game on the weekend, probably the best of his career. Kicked a bunch. Um, but now, on the weekend, Sam Wiedemann and Ben Brown. Mm. Wiedemann kicked seven in the VFL, yeah. and Ben Brown kicked three. Who do Melbourne bring in? Who do they play? Do they bring in both Wiedemann and Brown? I, I think you bring in Brown. Just you bring give... in Brown after yeah. Wiedemann kicked seven. Yeah. You give Brown a run. Because Brown, at his best... I think has come back from injury though. Does that affect your opinion? Um, potentially, potentially. But I think they need to give Brown a run because he, he in this in this environment that Melbourne is just thriving. Maybe he will really step back up to his top form, and That's he'll be a, a fantastic asset to the club. I, I've seen Weidman. Weidman, I've I've seen a lot of in previous seasons. I don't know if he's really changed. It's a good point. Or he's a crap club in the VFL. Who did they play? Do you know? Oh, it escapes me at the minute. But look, I tell you what. VFL is very different than AFL. It's a good point. I think you, you, you do have to be careful not to read in too much to VFL because you are playing a bunch of unlisted AFL players and draft picks that yeah, haven't gotten it's into not the filtered. game yet. It's not filtered. So, you know, as a, as a full forward the size of Sam Wiedemann, you should be kicking the bag. Um, now, Ben Brown, I don't think they're going to run him because of that injury thing, but otherwise I would put him in. But I'll be interested to see if he creates the same problem that Franklin seems to be creating, because Ben yeah, Brown, right. not only is he, a, you know, not only does his big leading obviously draw those midfielders, but his hair. Sideshow <laughs> <laughs> Bob. Side Bob out there, mate. <laughs> he's drawing balls. Um, he's he's drawing of, balls. That's right. Just give his opinion. <laughs> um, I'm done. Look. From Melbourne, they've got to figure out who to select. This is the, this is going to be one of the... I'm so excited for this game. I, I can't even get the words out. Yeah. Uh, the Melbourne-Richmond, Saturday prime time. Are we, got, are we going to be able to see this game? We're going to be able to see this game. Let's, let's hope we are. 
I don't care what's on Saturday night. I'm watching this game. We could we could be Foxtel go, go out. on my phone. <laughs> all right, Foxtel go on my phone. I don't care where I am. If I'm underground in the mines, I'm watching this game because I want to see whether Melbourne can take it to Richmond, and I want to see if Dustin can just shut him up and kick seven. Anyway, there's a lot under pressure. The spotlight, as always, increases. We've just put some new batteries in our torch. Pressure point. Great segment. <laughs> Alrighty, it's time for hot take. I referenced this pretty early in the show that I think right at the minute if I was to pick the most informed player in the competition I'd be picking Josh Joshua Dunkley of the Western Bulldogs footy club Are you kidding me? The most informed and he's your first pick Yep No way mate Josh Dunkley for me Why not? Uh, I don't know. I don't from know. the dogs, from not the, from the competition. Sorry, if I see competition, I take it back. I actually, I'd still, I'd still pick him. Probably in my top you wouldn't two or three. Bon, you wouldn't be bought over Dunkley. I'm not saying as in like a trade. I'm saying as in the most informed player in the team. I, I, uh, I in genuinely terms of form. That's yeah. I, I agree with you on that point. But I'm I would, saying this year, I wouldn't say he's their front runner for best and fairest is Josh Dunkley for me. He's been their key player so far. And Bond gets the hype. And I was saying this earlier. Against the ball, though, as well. If his name was Josh Bond and Pelly, <laughs> all right, he'd be front runner for the Brownlow because Bond and Pelly is a funny name. <laughs> it's a funny name. It's a great name. It's one of the best names I've ever heard. Bond is a great, nice little. It's just like Dusty. Bond He's a great, and great Dusty. special player. Bond, Dusty, Swanee, Juddy, right? All those, you know, it's like Gaz, the little maestro, right? Those little nicknames you can give. Yeah, right. Um, you know, Lance Whitnell, right? It's, it's the same sort of thing with him. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> You're not on the show. Lance next week. Look, Josh Dunkley is performing consistently, and that's the thing. Some players so far this season have had breakout games. Josh Dunkley hasn't missed a game yeah. in terms of no, his level quality. Um, and for me, he's the one that's actually physical and he's the one that's attacking the ball and Bont yeah he's a showstopper and he's been incredible himself and by every you know um, by all intents and purposes, purposes he's a brown low favourite as well but Josh Dunkley so far is flying under the radar and uh, he's flying well he is uh, next on the agenda is Zach Williams um, and his uh, salary at the moment Let's talk, about about, let's talk about $850,000. Is he worth it? $4.8 million in incentives over or? six years. I don't know whether this will, will be a good decision in hindsight. We spoke earlier about Carlton um, and it's hindsight. Um, yeah, but I think, yeah, he does need to live up to his to his billing because he's he's not doing oh, enough. Of course he needs moment. to live up to it, but will he live up to it is the call, is the hot take. Okay, well, if we, if we word it that way... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, obviously, he, he needs to. Like, that, that, it's part of his job. But I, if you don't, yeah, obviously, so, you don't think he will. Look, this is this is tough, because Zach Williams can be an incredible player when he wants to be. He did show... He's got a lot of grit. He's, I he's think really sometimes... I think sometimes a player can, you know, like a Ratio Fantasia has, can move from a club, move into a new, new space, and just take off. Right? Can play incredible football. 
Razio Fantasia has been kicking multiple goals every game. Zach Williams has moved to Carlton. For me, he's not up to the pace yet. He's done shit all, really. I don't know whether he... His disposal's not clean enough. I don't know whether he will become the player they think he's going to become. Must $850,000 a year. Yeah, that's a lot of money. What's Zach Williams done to deserve that? Nah. What, what best and fairest um, has he If anything, won? Saad's been playing uh, five to ten times better than he. 20 times. Yeah. But my question is, for, for $850,000, grand, what has he done to warrant that money? Nothing. Uh, and not even at GWS he's done anything. I don't think. Where the, where's the best and fairest? You know, the only game I reckon where he genuinely has deserved 850 grand was the fact that in the prelim final against Collingwood in 2019, he single-handedly sunk our club. But he hasn't reached that level since that game. And I don't know whether Zach Williams, with the amount of pressure that's on him, whether he can actually rise to it. So I I think there's got to be some questions there. Um, Musk, coaches, do you prefer level-headed coaches or coaches that uh, ride the boundary of emotion, if you will? Well, I can't really press a button for this one, but li- um, coaches right. that are more emotional. Okay. So. Should coaches be emo- more emotional? We all saw this one coming. Yeah, because I just said it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that I've been going on about it this whole bloody podcast. And you're I'm, an angry I'm not guy. Gonna, I'm, not gonna, road I'm not going to repeat what I've said this entire podcast, but I, I feel that coaches should show more emotion. And just a quick little word, if any of you guys watch RBT... Um, must coming up very soon. <laughs> um, very, very angry he was pulled over. Obviously wasn't driving under the influence. Would never do that, but you were angry at the cop that pulled you over. Tom, I don't know what the bloody hell is. <laughs> oh, we all saw about. it. Tune right. in. Tune in. Hot take, hot take. Tom should be kicked off this show. Yeah, Tinder sound. No Tom's worries. Tom's only coach. Personal Fo- intro to get him. Phone. <laughs> Phone usage, Tom. Oh, Phone usage, Dugowie and, um, and Jeremy Howe. What's your take? Should phones be allowed in the uh, the change room? Look. <laughs> look, they shouldn't They shouldn't be allowed in, in the change room, but if we look at what's happened to Dugowie and Howe, Collingwood's copped a $20,000 fine for this. I don't know what in the world they could have received on their phones that would warrant twenty grand. I don't know. Well, what could they pos- What text they, could they have gotten? And if and if it's they re- did, it's, it's it's with regard to betting, I reckon. It, okay, it's well, got to so, be something to do with gambling. Whatever it is, yeah, I don't understand is. why we can't have a warning issued. And Dugowie, he's well, just been taken off for a, a concussion. Of, um, Dugowie be taken yeah. off for a concussion. He grabbed his phone to tell maybe someone he was all right. You know, what about his parents yeah, at home? So they want stuff. to see if he's okay. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know about a $20,000 $20, fine. $20,000 fine straight up. I don't know about it. I'm not a big fan of that. I Maybe they've had a stern chat to the boys before and they've gone and you done know, if, this. If, 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 this is, if this is, you know, if this is recidivism, then yeah, then yeah, sure. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, you if this is, multiple, um, this is multiple offending, then... Okay, fine, but I don't believe it would be because we would have heard about it the first time it happened. Well, maybe they've really cracked down on it, and and they've had several meetings in behind closed doors about it, and mm. the media just have. By the way, twenty it. grand for a bloke that was concussed, very stiff for me. Yeah, very stiff. Um, to get away without a warning. Uh, the last thing to discuss is St Kilda's recruitment strategy and whether it's flawed. Um, I think very much it is flawed. If we have a look at what they've done over the past three years, they've gone the route of. Picking players, um, I know you're laughing right now because you think their recruitment strategy is stupid. But they've been recruiting 
players who are experienced. Um, they've topped up a bit from the draft. They've got players like Max King, who could be a star in the future. But look at some of the players they've been recruiting. 2020, they recruited James Frawley and Sean McKernan. James Frawley, Sean McKernan, they're ready for a stunt on I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Not in the St Kilda Football Club. They Brad, were washed Brad up. Crouch, Jack Higgins, and Dan Hanabry over the last three years have been exceptional. Um, Dan Hanabry, are you kidding me? No, I'm saying exceptional recruits. Exceptional recruits. But, but Dan Hanabry names, hasn't played. With their names. The they thing. would have thought that they would have been fantastic players, I'm saying. If we look at the list. Zach Jones has been awesome. Zach Jones has been awesome. And Dan Butler's Butler, been incredible. awesome. Paddy Ryder. Hill's incredible. been... Nah, we spoke about that two weeks ago, I think. Hill's been meh. Yeah. Um, Hanabry has been good when he's been able to get on the field, but he's been injured for all three years. Yeah. Um, but I don't know whether this top-up strategy every year of experienced players is getting the job done. Sean McKernan and James Fuller, they can't get a game this year for me. I don't know where they're getting their game from. Who are they pulling a game from? I don't know. But, look, it's just... For me, the Saints... I, I just... They've, they just they, they throw everything but the kitchen sink every season. And I really... I want things to work out for them because they're supporters. This is the same bloke that said, I love the Saints because... <laughs> They, they, like, they, their they abuse. like losing and abuse, and I like giving them abuse. No, I didn't say I like giving oh, them abuse. Uh, yeah, What's yeah, with you and gaslighting me today? I didn't say that, mate. I said, I said, their supporters like abuse. I didn't say that I, didn't I like. Say that. I don't. I don't like abuse. I don't walk out on the field and start abusing the players. Yes, you do. You didn't see me abusing Nick Del Santo. The Saw you Bridget. last week. <laughs> <laughs> you were having a go at Brad Hill. When would I go out to Morocco? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going out to St Gilda's training facilities. That's a 50-minute drive. Anyway. You know it's in Moorabbin. <laughs> <laughs> you <Look>. know. <laughs> you You're a joke. This is the end of the segment. Thanks, guys. <laughs> St Gilda, get your shit together. <laughs> All right, let's preview round six. Um, we've... This is... Take seven for this segment. Um, Mus is well. We've just had a discussion about Monica. We want your feedback. Round six, Friday night opener, GWS and the Western Bulldogs, hot clash, tight matchups. Is it being played at Monica Oval or Manuka? Okay. So the groundskeeper at Manuka Oval. All right. What did he say? He pronounced it. He said, "Yeah, we'll be down at Manuka Oval for All the." Right. And what was Wait. and what was the groundskeeper's name? Willie. I don't know, but he's a groundskeeper. He works at the place. Then there was a bloody reporter. But that said, o- that opens up a whole nother. That opens up a whole nother can of worms. Does the fact that you work somewhere mean you know everything about it? Well, it means you know how to pronounce the place because I you were introduced so. by the boss, and he said, right, "Welcome me. to Manuka Oval." Manuka right. Oval. Oh. Uh, uh, what, what did you say? Manuka. Ma, ma, ma. No. Ma what? Okay, hold Mate. on. Uh, hold on. Is the oval named after named after the honey or the suburb? Do you even know Canberra? Do you know it's where that suburb. is? Canberra's a suburb. No, Manuka. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so you, go screw yourself. You've been to that suburb? I was there three days ago. I don't have to go there. I'm a Manuka local. <laughs> you ever got yeah, a barn meat from, uh, from uh, Fiona at the local barn meat? Uh-uh. I don't even know how to pronounce the Ferron over in Williamstown yet. Is it Ferron or Fearon? I don't know! Fearon? Fearon. People pronounce it as the Fearon as well. Alright, well... It's all over the place. What? It's all over the place. It's cl- 
It's all look. Who's gonna win? The dogs. The dogs. Moving on. No, no, no hold on. We have to explore that a yeah. little bit. And what does he say now? GMBHA or GHBMA? Shut up. All right. Look. The dogs are going to get the pip on the Giants. I reckon it's going to be really competitive. I reckon GWS are lovely odds at $3.17, to be fair. Um, I think the dogs, I have a, just have the manpower to run over the top of them and the momentum. But great game. If you're a Canberra local, get down. <laughs> if you're um, a Canberra local. <laughs> if you're a Canberra local, get down. <laughs> get down Saturday night, Oliver Sheetham. Uh, Saturday, Arvo football, um, Anzac Eve, Geelong, and West Coast Eagles. Interesting. Um, at GMHBA. Interesting. Your thoughts? Why, why, I mean, they couldn't have gone with many other letters for that. I really don't. I really don't. GMHBA know that Stadium. Time. That's the worst. Apart from hey. one, apart from one, uh, one three hundred small stadium um, in North Queensland. This is the worst stadium name in Australia. Who wins? Um, look, you described the game as interesting. I don't think it'll be interesting at all. I think West Coast will run away with it, and Geelong, if they well, West Coast. Um, Unless, unless Jeremy Cameron, um, yes, unless Jeremy Cameron makes an impact. Well, I've heard that he likes fishing, and when he fishes, he plays well, and he's an outdoorsy guy. Um, if you actually, yeah. So, what's this got to do with fishing? Because Geelong is a port side town, and therefore he's going to have more opportunities to go fishing. So, if he goes fishing the night before, <laughs> there's very good chance he'll kick a bag of snapper. <laughs> You are. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You're a piece of Search work. it up. I'm telling you, oh, Jeremy whatever. Cameron likes to fish. Yeah, okay, sick. And that there's that a correlation between oh, the amount of fish he catches and the quality idiot. of football he plays. Look, he's definitely got a chance. I reckon it'll be an interesting game, and I reckon it'll be a draw. Now, Gold Coast... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gold Coast Sydney <laughs> at Metricon Stadium. Finally, a normal stadium name. Um, Sydney going to run away with this um, quite clearly. They've they're buddyless, um, um, which might be a good thing. Which which as we said could actually be um, fortunate. Ironically, um, their youth they're going to need them to come through again. Errol Golden or Golden or oh my oh, god oh, no! Okay, All right, now look, Errol G. Right, I'm gonna we're gonna take it. What are you pointing at the clock for? All right. I, I will take as much time as I like to get this off my chest. All right, Errol G from Sydney needs to perform to the standard he started with. Same with Braden C. Um, <laughs> Braden Gale. Look, McDonald, Golden. <laughs> this is a nightmare of a segment. And Wicks. Wicks, sorry, and Warner. They need to come together and Mills. form that cohesive unit. No, Wicks and um, Warner. No, but Mills Mills is a youngster, great player as well. He debuted in 2016. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Well, I, th- I just think he's been great. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> that's a good point, but he's not really in that little... Sorry, I thought he was. That's poor on my, my, my behalf. Interesting. Um, <laughs> look, Sydney Your will... Your vocabulary sucks. Yeah, very much so. Not very diverse. We're it's, looking for more diversity here at the Premiership quarter. Knowledge of players. But, um, I don't know why you're doing a footy ball. Look, Carlton, Brisbane, Marvel Stadium, 435 at Saturday Arvo Football. This will be an interesting one. The Blues coming off a, a really poor and pretty, yeah, pretty disappointing defeat. And Brisbane coming off their best match of the season. Right? Their most complete yeah, four-quarter victory. Yeah, and inform Brisbane against a weeping 
Carlton at their knees. I think is this an easy Brisbane victory? I don't think it's an easy one, but it'll be a Brisbane victory. It will. That's usually the way it will work. Yeah, with the Blues. Who yeah. knows? I think Carlton, as usually the punching bags the media do, media do, they come back the next week with a vengeance, mm. with a with a they fire. Just fall short, <laughs> but they will fall short as per usual. Um, Melbourne Richmond, as we said, game of the round, Saturday prime time. Uh, I don't really know where to go with this. Um, it's going to be incredible. Really Petrarca, Martin. Similar to you, but I'm going to go to the D's, Tom. Okay. Well, gonna look, it's going to form and and that that uh, drive at the moment that they've got. It'll be interesting to see confidence. They've got great confidence. It'll be interesting who who takes it out of Petrarca and Martin, who's dominant. I reckon they'll both have great games. They're yeah. both very versatile. Yeah. They can play in the they can play in the engine room. They can move forward and they can both kick goals. They're pro- Petrarca's probably the closest to Martin out of any other player in the comp for me. Um, you know, even more so than Bond. So you've said he's your Brownlow favourite, mm. um, but it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see also how, how or how Melbourne's ruck and aerial dominance with through Gorn and Jackson will play out against the relatively workmanlike ruckman that is Toby Nankervis. Um, <clears throat> Richmond will need to be firing on all cylinders, but I'm going to back in the Tigers. Really? Um, to get this done. Yep. Um, mm. I don't think they're done with their premierships just yet. Uh, Frio North. No one's watching this. Um, <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> uh, Freo to win. Uh, Hawthorne Adelaide. Um, I really hope the Kangas do win, though. Yeah, I, I reckon the Kangas might snatch it. I'll go Kangas, you go Freo. No, I'll go Kangas. All right. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, okay, sick. Um, <laughs> no justification, no reasoning, just go Kangas. Well, it's sort of a bit of like a lucky dip. No one's watching the game, as we said. Like, who's who's not going to be watching Hand Hawthorne? in the bucket? Richard, it's Richard scenario. Yeah. Yeah, with the two little papers. you got two papers for yeah. North. Hand in bucket or hat. Usually hat. They usually no, like the lotto. You know when you have the lotto lady that sticks her hand inside all the balls? Moving around in that. I don't know how that works. That sort of vacuum of air throwing those balls around. Picks out North Melbourne or Freo. You don't have to smile that much. <laughs> we're trying to maintain an area of composure here on the Premiership Gordon. No, we're not. Hawthorne Adelaide at, at the University of Tasmania Stadium. Jeez. Oh, I just Stadium gets it. round. It's just stupid. It's the round of stadiums. Um, mm, sure. Um, Adelaide to win this? Yeah, Adelaide, yeah. Can't confirm. Uh, 12... 30 12 start Premiership time. points so far. 12 um, 30 start time, Tom. Jeez. That's a bit weird. I'm almost certain that Steve Hocking and Gil McLaughlin were pissed drunk when they scheduled this fixture well, for this I think round. It's based on time for this round, is it? Are they, do they, are they behind? No. Yeah, wow. Are they? Wow. No. So why the hell would they do that? I don't know. Maybe they're tipping people to wake up time early. It's other states. It's Anzac Day, dawn service, start early. Oh yeah. yeah. And also, cool. there's absolutely no. Oh, sorry. No, the reason is they don't want to cut into um. They oh, don't yeah, want to. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah. don't want to cut into um. Uh, yeah, good chat. Uh, moving on. Yeah, the other game that's more important, the one that um, they play every year, and it's the Collingwood one. That, that Collingwood team. They, they don't want to. Ch- they don't want to take oh, any of the ratings. T- oh yeah. Okay. That's what we're trying to say. Yeah. Cool. Um, Adelaide will get the job piece, done over anyway. Hawthorne because I think at at the moment Hawthorne are just that sort of like. I think we can do it. I think we can do it, but we can't. Team. Um, Collingwood Essendon. Sunday afternoon, Anzac Day, biggest game of the regular season fixture. Who gets it done and why? 
uh, Collingwood because they need to and their season basically relies upon this <coughs> game. I think they'll come out wanting to still play finals and this will be the game that they prove that they can. I think this is arguably both teams' grand final um, in a season where they just don't... Not, I think neither have any very much going for them. They're not going to make finals. Um, nice. Neither Collingwood yeah, nice. or Essendon. And the, like, so this is their ceiling. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Collingwood, despite being pretty weak injury-wise, I think they're going to come out and win this because the adrenaline will be coursing through the players' veins, 100% attendance. It's going to be an incredible game. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if this goes either way. And really, a draw actually could be feasibly on the cards yeah. here. So I'm going to go draw. Cool. Um, and to finish off, three games on Anzac Day. Gonna be quite a day. A lot of um, AFL foosball. Port Adelaide and St Kilda. This actually could be quite yeah. interesting. Um, Port Adelaide, Adelaide Oval. You can't look past them, um, despite the fact they've got Butters and De- they're going to be dangerous when Butters and Dersma come back in rested. <laughs> they were dangerous last week. Exactly. Um, and and for me, the Saints. Uh, well, the Saints coming off another seventy point. You loss. know what? I, I literally perform, can't. I can't even pick the Saints. From week, week to week. I can't pick it. You're right. So I, I feel like they're going to bring a, a competition. This is the thing. This is the problem with an inconsistent football club. If, you, if you're not bringing the heat every week, then... It's a tipper's nightmare. You, then, yeah, exactly. Um, it's a bookie's nightmare. It's a tipper's nightmare. No one's getting sleep. Based on the odds, Port are to win this game by, by a mile. Port are the most polished team in, in the league at the moment. They're, they're not premiership favourites because they've got Richmond and Western Bulldogs to contend with. Yeah. But... I'd say Melbourne's in the mix too, and striking distance within striking. Yeah, they're st- we're striking distance so far. This weekend though, we'll tell we'll we'll tell all. Yeah, and uh, well, that'll do us for this week. But uh, tune in on on Spotify. We're coming to Spotify. Yeah, uh, big, supposedly we are bigger than the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, some pundits are saying. So tune in next week for the Premiership quarter, or don't if you don't like. And we might update you on Supercoach if we feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the Premiership Quarter. We'll chat to you next Australia's week. Australia's hottest sporting podcast.